Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Tuesday, October 2nd. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. Unfortunately, our boy the King, Scott Angle, is a little under the weather today, so I'm going to be flying, you know, partially solo. What we do, though, is we got my man, Chris Bavona, the manimal, who's down there in the fantasy pit of misery. He's going to be helping me out as we look back on Monday Night Football, as we look a little bit at the waiver run for Week 5, and then our boy Mike Blewett is going to join the show later on. We didn't get to hear from him yesterday. We'll get with him in terms of the biggest takeaways from Week 4 and what we're looking forward to to Week 5. He joins me on Fantasy Sports. Today in the eight o'clock hour, we'll get from him a little bit early. But first of all, well, here's what I gotta tell you: a lot of good stuff on the show. Okay, we're gonna break down Monday Night Football, and we're gonna give you an early read on some of the waivers for Week Five. That's what we're gonna do it as we put the fun in functional sports content. A lot of ways for you to join the show if you want. The number to call is eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. We'll open up the phone lines in the middle segment as well. Also, you can follow me at Spitting Speeds on. Twitter this way outside of just this show on Roto Experts in the morning I could always help you win your leagues and win that cash all right let's start at the top Monday night football yesterday the Chiefs get a W 27 to 23 in what was Patty Mahomes I guessed his most uh, you know his toughest game so far to date he still has a great effort 28 for 45 304 yards and a touchdown also gets into the end zone using his left seven yards on the ground. You have to be happy if you had Patty Mahomes. Now listen, was it the uh, six touchdowns of what he did against Pittsburgh? No, but you'll take 304 yards. You'll take the touchdown, the touchdown on the ground. No turnovers for Patty Mahomes, but this was a game for the Chiefs where they went back to Kareem Hunt, okay? 19 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown from Hunt. He also gets 54 yards in the pass game on three catches, so you're ecstatic about his 100 
175 yards and a touchdown. Three catches as well. Gives you over 20 points for him. All right, listen. Patty Mahomes spread it around a little bit as well. Travis Kelsey, 7 for 78 and a touchdown. Wasn't really using him in the first half, but in the second half, started hitting him over the middle of the field. And also, you know, that little quick screen to get into the end zone. If you saw, though... Patty Mahomes was making plays left and right. That touchdown to Travis Kelsey, he was grabbing the ball. It wasn't even the laces. We've all seen by now when he rolled out and scrambled and threw the ball with his left hand on like a hook shot on third down. He also was making plays outside of the pocket all game long. There was a stat. I think he threw for something like 190 yards outside of the pocket and that that was the best total in the NFL in the last 10 years. That is going to be the challenge for defenses facing Patty Mahomes. When this guy gets out in the pocket, he's rolling out, and he is looking to sling the rocks. Some of the throws he made on the run yesterday were otherworldly. We heard Hasselbeck after the show truly marveling at some of these throws. You saw Jason Witten in the booth marveling at some of these throws, okay? The comparisons to Favre and to Aaron Rodgers are apparently... Apt. The one thing, though, that people did not like for the Chiefs is that um, Sammy Watkins, all right, pulls a hamstring and gets pulled after the first drive. Okay, he had one target, did not do it, had zero points, zero catches. So, like my man on Twitter who hit me up, I saw this in my hashtag Game of Inches. Okay, he saw someone who was down by a tenth of a point heading into Monday Night Football, 117.4 to 117.5. He had Sammy Watkins left, so you thought, no problem, this is a W. But no. That is not the case. He gets a he gets an L instead. Listen, Robinson, Conley, Demarius, um, you know Thomas. Those are things. DeAnthony Thomas. Those are guys you don't want to care about. Remember, Watkins got hurt, so I don't want to hear people on Twitter and on the waiver wire being like, "Oh, do I pick up Robinson? He looks like he's in for Watkins." Watkins was hurt. That's uh, we'll see what happens on the hammy. On the other side of things, Case Keenum laid a dud. Okay, he turned the ball over with that interception. Completion percentage was there, right? 21 of 33, but for only 245 yards. Here's what I'm taking away on the Denver side. Yeah, we love Philip Lindsay, and this Philip Lindsay Royce Freeman combo is legit. I know both of them are rookies, so people are saying, I want to wait and see. I want to wait and see which one kind of uh, grabs the mantle here. But I think this is going to be your typical standard kind of quote unquote thunder and lightning timeshare moving forward, okay? Royce Freeman looked good. I know we only had eight carries for 67 yards. He did get into the end zone, and he's the guy they're going to use in that prototypical Denver Broncos run scheme, okay? You've seen it with Terrell Davis in the past, that kind of one cut and go, the stretch play. One play, uh, Royce Freeman went all the way. I thought... I thought at one point he was going to turn and throw because he went so far to the sideline. Was very patient, found the last hole he could cut off of on that stretch play, and then went down the sidelines for about a 20-yard gain. I think it was his longest of the day, his 18-yard run. On the flip side, though, Lindsey is this scat back, and they are going to use him. His feet are quick. He's quick in and through the hole, and he's used in the passing game. Both of these guys are viable running backs. I know a lot of people were off Royce Freeman. I'm telling you, depending on the game flow, they are going to use Royce Freeman. I like both of these backs. When you look at the receiving game, first of all, I wish my boy Scotty Angle was here because yesterday on this show, I said, listen, everybody gets production against the Chiefs. 
Chiefs. Every if you need a tight end with Jake Butt out, what about um, Jeff Hireman? And he and Scotty was like, "No, Hireman, I wouldn't go that far. That's crazy." Well, Hireman leads the team in targets. It's tied with uh, Manny Sanders and Demaris Thomas with seven targets. Leads the team in receiving yards with 57 yards. And has four catches on the day. I also was intrigued by Cortland Sutton, right? The rookie out of SMU. Listen, we knew this kid coming into the draft. Many draft experts said that this guy, although he went to SMU, didn't go to Alabama like a Calvin Ridley, wasn't on as many people's radar, but that this guy had the huge body, had the huge size-speed combo, and was going to be one of these prototypical outside-the-numbers wide receivers in the NFL. His comp coming in to the NFL was Demarius Thomas, and now he is you know, on the same team with Demarius Thomas. On the telecast, uh, I think it was Booger McFarlane said that Cortland Sutton reminded him of a young Brandon Marshall. That's a great kind of comparison. I am intrigued by Cortland Sutton. He gets three catches for 51 yards, but they are using him in interesting ways, okay? You see the bunch formation at the top of the screen or whatever, or the bottom of the screen, and then you see Sutton as the guy who they want to get one-on-one matchups with. Case Keenum a couple of times threw it up to Cortland Sutton by himself on the offside of the field. He did it on a big third down and 10, although he wound up short. He only got nine yards, and they did it over the top down the sidelines a couple of times to Sutton once he made a great catch but was just out of bounds. I think Sutton... Certainly in dynasty leagues and in some season-long leagues, all right, if, uh, you know, you need that kind of third wide receiver, Sutton could be an interesting guy. He goes three for 51. Then, you know, uh, as usual, Manny Sanders has a good game, five for 45. He also had an 18-yard run, so you're okay with Manny Sanders, who got you about 12 points in PPR settings. Demarius Thomas is the one you got to worry about, though. Four catches, 24 yards. The targets were still there. He had seven, right? But here's the problem. It used to be that Manny Sanders and Demarius Thomas would get t- 10 targets apiece, right? Now they're getting seven. Cortland Sutton is really a part of this offense, and I think that is something you need to realize coming off this game. But if you will listen to Speeds, the spitting statistician, I told you yesterday, I like the under on this game. The total was 54 and a half, and it total goes 50. The Chiefs get this win 27 to 23 moving forward obviously Patty Mahomes obviously Kareem Hunt you want to check the Sammy Watkins injury on the other side but all your Chiefs you are continuing to run out and I am okay with these Broncos both running backs Lindsey and Freeman I believe should start you're not starting Case Keenum unless you're in some kind of deep super flex league and when it comes to these Denver wide receivers listen I love Manny Sanders going forward I'm a little bit concerned about Demarius Thomas and Corey Portland Sutton is on the come if you are really, really, really struggling for tight end. And I know it has been eviscerated by injury so far this season. Jeff Hireman could be an option. You could do worse. All right. I got to let you guys know here as we go to um, before we go to break, we got a couple of minutes, but before we transition to the news and notes, I got to let people know, if you are enjoying playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, play the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. 
No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No more experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag with the promo code FNTSY. Hey, let's bring in my man, Chris Bavona, the manimal. He's down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him. Dilly hey, dilly Chris, to you, you my good friend. Yeah, that's what's up. Hey, did you watch this uh, Monday Night Football last night? I caught What'd you think about this 20? So, yeah, go ahead. I caught most of the highlights. I actually uh, I had a very interesting day yesterday after uh, almost getting What's my that? E- well o- well almost a- after uh, almost getting my ear blown out um, during a uh, technical difficulty that we had to do here. Uh, yeah, but trust me, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yes, I, I, I know. Don't I? I'm not. There, it was there was nobody's fault on this, and as I as you can tell, I'm here. I'm okay. It's all even, good. We here how now. How about this? Last night I went to a concert. I only went to a concert. Okay, I so I went to a concert. <clears throat> I caught my highlights. I needed to because I had Tyree Kill in uh, in my one dynasty league, and I had Sammy yep. Watkins running in the other one. And obviously, as a Sammy Watkins owner and someone who picked picked him up in the fifth round of the Carton and Friends League, you know I'm not really happy about my team right right now. Yeah, we'll talk about the, in the Carton and Friends League. Here's what we're going to do, Bavona. Okay. Next segment, okay? Next segment, what we're going to do is we're going to try and help your team out, okay? We'll look at the Carton and Friends League where, as you know, Mike Blewett and myself are undefeated at 4-0 and in Our first youth place. Special. That's right. So what we're going to do, though, is we're going to use this segment because it's waivers on Tuesday, right? So what yes, we're going to do is we're going to use this segment to try to help your team out, okay? We got the Flying Wasps. We won't talk about your record. All we'll say is that it is definitely less than 4-0. and And what we will do is I'll give you a little bit of run on the waivers. I'll tell you who you might want to target at different positions. And we'll use your team as a base. And we'll try to help your team get a little bit better in this next segment. How does that sound, Pavona? I mean, coming from somebody that's uh, in the league, I'm skeptical. I hear you. No collusion. No collusion. No no collusion at all. Not whatsoever. But you guys are undefeated. If you want the help, we'll give you the help. But if not, hey, that's okay. You know what? I I just want the help from a friend who could just be like, you know what? I want to see you guys doing a little bit better than, say, you know, Beauty and the Beast or yeah. the Carton team or the fantasy executive. You know? Well, that's the thing. And here's the thing. And we'll get into it a little bit. But the top half of the league, you know, you got some you got some of the experts. You got me. You got Blewett. You got our boy, the we closer, did Chris beat, Ventra. We did beat um, We beat the fantasy exec. So I'm kind of happy well, about everyone's that. everyone's the fantasy executive this Actually, year. I mean, yeah. the fantasy executive in Greenwich Street Tavern is going down. He's like one and three. Fantasy executive in this league, I think, is one and three. So we'll big you up. We'll try to help you get ahead of those guys in our next segment. But before we get to that, Pavone, I got to let people know there there are some news and notes that we didn't get to just yesterday, okay? Um, first of all, breaking news as of last night. There are reports now from Jeremy Fowler over in ESPN that Le'Veon Bell has decided he is going to come back to the Steelers during their week seven bye. Okay, this is interesting on a number of levels. That means, all right, remember, the Steelers have their bye week seven, so he's... Uh, you know, the reports indicate that he's coming back week seven and will be ready for the Steelers week 
eight games, okay? So after week eight, so as I pull up the Steelers' schedule, here's what that means, okay? They just uh, had Sunday night football with Baltimore. They're at home against Atlanta in an interesting game. We've seen what everybody has done against that Atlanta defense, right? Then they are in a tough matchup. This is a huge game, week six, at Cincinnati for this team. We see what the Bengals have done so far going three and one, and it is the road date at a division rival. So to be honest, if you really want to help out your team, Le'Veon, you would be ready for week six at least at Cincinnati, but I digress. Then there is the bye, right? Then here's who it got. He has home for Cleveland at Baltimore, home for Carolina at Jacksonville at Denver. Not necessarily easy defenses. Cleveland with a good defense, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Carolina, Denver, all good defenses. But here's what it means. If these reports are true, it means James Conner's days are numbered, okay? So if you have James Conner, here's what I'm going to tell you, all right? And I tweeted this as well. In redraft leagues, you need to start considering moving James Conner. The max you're going to get out of him is two more weeks anyway. <clears throat> you need to move him before that week seven bye. However... If you are in dynasty leagues, you need to try to trade for James Conner. There may be people that are moving around now being like, uh-oh, Le'Veon's coming back. I'm telling you right now, James Conner will be the starting running back for the Steelers next year in 2019. So if you're in dynasty leagues, you need to trade for James Conner. All right? And here's the other thing. My issue, though, I think this hurts Le'Veon Bell because regardless, Le'Veon Bell, when he was there in previous years, was such a complete workhorse getting 90 95% of the load. They now know, at worst case scenario, they have James Conner as a viable change of pace, mix him in every three or four series kind of guy. So when Le'Veon Bell does come back, and it's good that he has the bye to get back into quote-unquote football shape, but I don't know that he's going to be the top two or three stud that he has been because part of that has been volume. And now that they know that they have James Conner, maybe they continued to mix him in. I think that's going to be very interesting coming um, but you need to know that the sands of time are ticking for James Conner as a bell cow. If you're in redraft leagues, it's only going to be another week or two. Dalvin Cook yesterday admitted that he's not 100%, okay? He says he's just not, quote-unquote, where everyone else wants him to be. That sounds to me like a guy who wants to be out there, who's trying to get out there, but his body just won't let it. The hamstring, remember, he's coming off the ACL. His load may be limited. He may be less of a bell cow than we thought as well. Tough matchup for him next week at Philadelphia. So we got to keep an eye out on that. Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman, they're back in the fold as well. We help Pavona's team out next. Roto Experts in the morning. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. 
Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You got Dane Martinez, speed the spitting statistician, the stable genius and vocal minority of the Fantasy Sports Network right here holding you down. The King's a little bit under the weather, so uh, he is not with us today. Maybe it's because that uh, me and Mike Blewett's team, FST, put it on him. As we went to 4-0 and in our league here, a lot of the hosts, a lot of the people here at the Fantasy Sports Network are here in our league, organized by our guy, Craig Carton. And, uh, you know, uh, me and Mike Blewett, we share a team, FST. We are the lone undefeated team. We are at 4-0. and We took out Scott's team, all right, him and uh, Michelle Serpico, who you can see on Carton and Friends starting at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday here on this network. So we were facing them heads up, right? And uh, we decided to, you know, put it on him. We go to 4-0 and, you know, Scott did things like have Jared Goff on his bench this week. He had Tariq Cohen on his bench. So so these are things that maybe he, uh, you know, maybe he had the 24-hour flu, didn't want to deal with it and be held accountable. And uh, I hear that we got a treat. Our guy Mike Blewett is on the line. Hey, Mikey, I missed you yesterday. How you doing today, brother man? I'm doing okay, man. We're four and zero, so I'm feeling pretty yeah. good about it. Uh, as you said, Scott and Michelle uh, had some brutal decisions. Manning over Goff, and yeah. who did they bench Cohen for? I guess Kenyon Drake or Marshawn Lynch were their choices. Over whoever Cohen, it was, so. they should have had Tariq Cohen when Mitch Trubisky was on fire like that. Then again, everyone's so going to be on fire against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's 24 points just at the quarterback position, which would have yeah. got them the win. So Yeah, uh, so, I mean, right. you know, mismanagement out of the king. Uh, yeah, it happens. Is what know, it comes it down happens. to, you know, and that's why they're 0-4. That's why a team like us is 4-0. But unfortunately for us, Blewett, um, you know, the the – I think our early season kind of just huge gap advantage on people was because we had the James Conner team, team, you know, a lot of team in a lot of leagues, you know, if you have the James Conner, you got another RB1 out of the deal almost for free. And we were in that situation that is going to start coming to a close. The reports are that Le'Veon Bell is going to come back on the bye week. Good thing for us, though, Blewett, that we have Mark Ingram to kind of balance that out. So just as Conner maybe fades away, that's when Ingram comes into focus. But, Mike, here's what we're going to do on this segment. I promised that I was going to help my friend Chris Bavona, the manimal, down there in the pit of misery. Unfortunately, his team is 1-3, and three, so is we're going to look at his team. In this team. league that we're helping him? Yeah. The well, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's 1-3. and three. We see him in two weeks, though, so, you know, we're going to take this with a grain of salt. But what we're also going to do is we're going to look at the waiver wire, and we're going to see what we can do for uh, the Flying Wasp here, our producers, right? So this is our man Bavona and Chrissy Bones as well. So first First of yeah, all, like to, let me well, give. First let, of let all, me, we have no yeah, collusion here, here, on this whatsoever. No collusion. No at all. collusion. No also, collusion. Also the FBI probe can expand as far as it wants. Go ahead. Also, what I'll say on their team is they're not only one in three, but they are yeah. the second lowest scoring team. Just yeah, I wasn't going to bring all like, that up though. You know, well, it's important to note because we talk about tracking record and points. It's not this as if true. they're falling on hard times. It's okay, Mike. I can only beats. hear out of one ear, so you're, so all I'm hearing is <laughs> lowest something. So I don't know yeah. what you're talking about at all. It's a lot of low stuff. It's a lot of low stuff. Well, let's get to it. Let's first, here's what I want to do, Blue. First, I want to talk about waivers in general, okay? At each position, I'm going to give out some guys that I maybe like, some guys that I would not believe in. Blue, I want to get your reaction as we go position by position. I know we'll probably cover this a little bit more as we in FST as well. And then we'll take that information and we will apply it 
to Bavona's team to try to help him out, okay? So first of all, I'm telling people, I told people uh, on Sunday, blew it, okay? I did it myself in a league that I'm in, the Flex League, where I got my first W in a, in a standard league over a guy, uh, I believe, from Pro Football Focus. I was telling people, here's what I would do. On Saturday or Sunday, I was telling everybody, this is the week that the Fitz Magic runs out. I was telling people, go right now, because then you're going to have their bye week. And I told people, starting in week, whenever they come after the bye, in week uh, six, I guess it is, that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. And here's what I'm going to say. And similar to how when you play against the Kansas City Chiefs, you're expecting everyone to put up points. That is what is going to happen against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks defense is going to give up points. You saw what even Mitchell Trubisky did against them. You saw what Big Ben has done against them. You saw what Drew Brees could do against them. That means that these Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be in position where they need to throw the ball all game long, regardless of who is quarterback. Jameis Winston is going to put the ball up 45, 50 times in games that he needs to. He still has good wide receiver talent. Mike Evans, Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, one if not two tight ends, right, with O.J. Howard missing now two to four weeks with the same injury that Evan Ingram has. I believe Jameis Winston is a sleeper candidate, not for his NFL team, but for fantasy owners. If you can go out and get Jameis, I am still on that. I've been telling people about Andy Dalton. I've been telling people about Joe Flacco. Those are the names to look at for me, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, or Joe Flacco. I am not on Mitchell Trubisky after his one uh, one-week effort. He has a buy anyway. I need to see it a little bit more before I believe it. And still, I'm not on Blake Bortles either. I know he threw for like 388 yards. I'm still not on him. I still believe that the Jaguars want to try and win by running the ball and playing defense, and there'll be plenty of games where Blake Bortles only puts it up or only completes like 12 or 13 balls. So for me, the quarterbacks are Jameis, Dalton, and Flacco. Blew it. Let me ask you first. What do you think about my call? I'm trying to get ahead of the game here. I think Jameis is interesting for people. Let's say they lost Jimmy G. Let's say they have guys on bye. I think Jameis is someone after the Bucks come off of their bye, he's going to be in a situation kind of like Blake Bortles has been in the past. Garbage time with good yeah, wide receivers can, and putting it I, up. I think you can definitely consider that. You know, it, The quarterback position is particularly interesting this year because so many guys are playing so well. At this point in the right. season, Pat Mahomes is at the top of the list, but Matt Ryan is right behind him. So, sure. you know, I don't feel as bad about passing on Pat Mahomes uh, most of the time because I was picking up Matt Ryan in those instances. So, so far, so good. I do think you're right. The, the only other guys that could potentially be out there, I'm looking at some transaction trends right now. Uh, obviously, yeah. everybody's d- dumping fits, uh, but – yeah, you know, I, I I get the sense that a lot of people have been rostering two quarterbacks this year. Eli is a guy that people are probably dumping now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to some extent, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to get a little bit of a downward right. trend in ownership because he had a bad game. So if you were a Tannehill owner and you are concerned about him moving forward, would you trade out Tannehill for Jameis for the rest of the season? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, especially to you. Blue, you've made this point that the Dolphins are fugazi because of that early season schedule, okay? All those games down there in Miami. And also, listen, they did a lot of trick plays. Think about them so far in the, their three wins, okay? They have kickoff returns for touchdowns. They have Joaquin Grant on trick plays left and right, okay? Yeah, I don't know that— touchdown, yeah. 
The Albert Wilson one. I don't know that this is like Ryan Tannehill with beating people from the pocket. Whereas Jameis Winston, I'm telling you, Jameis is going to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. Uh, yeah, look, I, I've had doubts about the Bucks from the beginning. I, I've said. That oh, I'm saying times. I still like your under. I still think Dirk Cutter might get fired. Well, that's what I was going to even... say. Yeah, I, I just wonder how this is all going to play out. Like, obviously, I didn't expect them to be two and zero. Uh, right. I nearly beat the Steelers, but mm-hmm. uh, I think you're right. I think there's an opportunity. Here's the problem with the Bucks' defense: their middle, their linebackers are great. They have Quan Alexander and they have Levante David there. That's a great one-two punch. It's as good as yeah, there is secondary in the whole league. Exactly. The the defensive line is tons of talent. Jason McCoy, JPP, well. sure. All right, McCoy's great. He might be the best player on the entire defense. They certainly pay him. Like yeah, that. but they can't cover anybody. They have not been able to for the last three years at a minimum. Right. They drafted Vernon Hargraves. Hargraves, He yep. hasn't played well, and now he's out for the year. Yep. And Chris Conti, safety, out for the year. Obviously, yep. you can doubt whether or not he was a good one in the first place. So they can't cover anybody. They're going to get attacked through the pass, and you'll probably there, there'll be times when people will be like, hey, the Bucks are pretty good against the run. They're not. They just don't know right. runs against them because, because they, no they know they can throw. Them. So um, so I think you have a point there that they could keep getting in these track meets, not dissimilar to how they were. It, it's not mm-hmm. just a Fitzpatrick thing is what your point is. And I no, think you're right. No, it's a game right. flow thing because of the defense. Absolutely. Plus, they I mean, can't run the ball, Dave. They I mean, can't. blew it. <laughs> Look at Sunday. Mitchell Trubisky we're talking about. Trey Burton, wide open down the sideline. Josh Bellamy, for God's sakes, wide open down the sideline. Okay, this was not just the Tyler Gabriel pop pass kind of stuff. There were people running down the field open. Mitchell Trubisky was able to set a franchise record with six touchdowns. I re- You really don't need to say anything else. That's what they're giving up. Look at what Big Ben did against them. Look at what Drew Brees did against them. And this is a team that is in the division. They're going to see Drew Brees twice. They're going to see Matt Ryan twice. They're going to see Cam Newton in Carolina. This is a problem. They are going to be in high-scoring games where Jameis and that Bucks offense is going to have to try to keep up. That is the strength of this team anyway. I like Jameis. We got to move on to other positions, though, Mike. Last thing, we, let me, last, oh, thing, last thing I'll say on this. Yep. Uh, they are 30th in rushing yards in the league. They are 32nd yeah. in yards per attempt. The yards per attempt is typically a good indicator of what that rushing attack is going to look like. The Lions were dead last last year. They couldn't run the ball overall. So even early on, they're not getting any yards per play on running plays, and it's going to force them to pass. So I, that's, that's why James is a good call. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. Peyton Barber was a guy who kind of came out of nowhere for this Bucks team last year. They clearly was not satisfied with their running back position because they used a first-round pick on a new running back who they thought would be a bell cow for them. But he, you know, has stone hands and there are reports that he can't grasp the playbook. Now he was finally active in week four. And, and, you know, a lot of people are asking me about, you know, dropping Ronald Jones, dropping Ronald Jones. And yeah, he's a cut candidate. The only thing I'll say is that now they have a bye and now 
now they have Jameis under center moving forward. I would be interested to see if it's a little bit different now, you know, if similar to how now Jameis is in the saddle, maybe Ronald Jones gets a little bit more time after the bye to be um, someone that is actually on the field for them. So keep an eye out on him as we move to the running back situation. And, and Bavona, this is for you, okay? The Flying Wasps, your team with bones. I look at your running back situation, okay? It's bad. You have Leonard Fournette. You have Leonard Fournette. You have Matt Breida, who I'm okay with, all right? You have Matt Breida, who I'm okay with, although it looks like he's a little bit banged up as well. He's got that shoulder injury, but he should be okay. I mean, he went in week four, wound up with nine carries for 39 yards, also had, you know, uh, 32 yards in the past game as well. So he got to double-digit points. So Breida, I'm okay with, right? Alex Collins is something of a problem, guys, for you. Alex Collins and his fumbling issues, um, John Harbaugh said yesterday, can't have it. I think you're going to start seeing Buck Allen a lot more um, in the backfield, especially on the goal line. You also saw him on Sunday Night Football, you know, carrying Steelers uh, as they were trying to salt it away themselves. So I'm going to tell you right now, Bavona, Alex Collins, a little bit of an issue. Leonard Fournette, a little bit of an issue. And then when you look at the rest of your running backs, you got C.J. Anderson, Spencer Ware. You got Deion Lewis. I'm going to tell you right now, Bavona. I'm going to tell you right now, Bavona, at this moment, moving forward, in my opinion, Blewett, you can tell him what you think. I, honestly, you got to start Deion Lewis and Matt Breida as your two running backs, okay? Um, yeah, Alex right Collins, here. I see as your flex, potentially. Um, and unfortunately, Leonard Fournette is in trouble re-injuring the hamstring. They should have listened to our guy, Dr. A, from Inside Injuries. We had Dr. A on on Friday, and we asked him about Leonard Fournette. And he said that they are bringing Leonard Fournette back too soon that he will get hurt again and miss more time. That's what Dr. Ray said on Friday, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. So I ask you, blew it. I ask you about TJ Yeldon. If TJ Yeldon isn't owned, and some people maybe dropped him in leagues when they got word that Fournette was back, my question for you, blew it, is regardless of reports on Leonard Fournette, I think TJ Yeldon now has standalone value in the same vein that like Austin Eckler has value, regardless of Melvin Gordon. That's the comp I think- I'm making, TJ Yeldon to Austin Eckler, even if Fournette is in again, out again, in again, out again all season long. I think, uh, I think as long as Fournette is injured, <coughs> he, he's going to have value because you're sure. going to have situations where he's either out, to your point, or they're managing touches. So right. that's why Yeldon becomes – Fournette won't be a bell be, cow regardless. They want to be a run-focused team. It doesn't mean they're not passing the ball. Uh, last year they were about 50, they were 50-50 split. But uh, I think that's possible. Also on this team, you're rostering Spencer Ware, who at this point is 100% droppable. You have C.J. Anderson, who is fringe. Uh, we have deeper mm-hmm. benches here, so I can understand the C.J. Anderson thing in case anything. I know you're, I know you're positioning yourself for, spent, for Kareem Hunt or Christian McCaffrey to get injured. but To go down. At some point, it, they're not valuable. You're just taking up roster spots with guys that are not even playable at this point. Uh, so I, I, I would... I would move on from both of those guys. I'd have to see who's available out on our own waiver. In our wire. league. But, I'm, but you got to look for right Buck now. Allen. You got to look. Yeah. I don't know if Buck Allen's going to be available. But if he is Bavona, you got to grab him. 
right now. Naheem Hines. And we are in a PPR league. That's a good call there, right there. Uh, Bavone, excuse me, blew it as well. Listen, here's the only thing I'll say. It has been clear, and trust me, I have shares of Jordan Wilkins. It is clear that Jordan Wilkins cannot run the ball successfully for these Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, Bavona, I like Naheem Hines because we are in a PPR league. The other thing I will say, and Blue, I want you to take on this. It has been clear that the Colts are not able to run the ball much. Remember, I mentioned Mark Ingram coming back. I mentioned Julian Edelman coming back. Uh, Mark Turbin also comes back for the Indianapolis Colts this week. Blewett, do you think they give him a shot to see if they ke- if he could do what uh, um, you know Jordan Wilkins was unable to do, and that's be a regular early down force for the Colts? I don't know that it's necessarily on any of the running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Robert Turbin a shot, but the the reality is they are going to struggle to run the ball because the offensive line isn't very powerful. They've been missing their left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, for the entire year thus far, so right. it's going to be difficult for them. I think that's why you saw Hines so active this past week. Uh, by the way, none of those guys that we mentioned are available. The only names I'm seeing out there, I mean, you got Corey Grant uh, with yeah. Fournette out. With Fournette Maybe, out. with Fournette Corey out. Corey Grant. Okay becomes a streaming option. Uh, sure. Frank Gore is out there, but I don't think we're seeing him get the touches specifically. Yeah. The one guy I see out here to take a shot, like I'd much rather have this guy than Spencer Ware's Rashad Penny. Now, I don't, I'm not a big believer mm. in the Seattle running game at all, nor am I. And Mike Davis got involved in it too. Right. But he's somebody that has a path to a starting job. Uh, mm. I, guess you could, I guess you could say the same for Doug Martin, but – uh, right now, Marshawn Lynch is playing well. So, Penny is really the only guy that I see out there that he's probably the first guy I bid on. The Mike Davis thing is, is really confusing to me. Yeah, I'm just worried that it further cloudies the waters there. Mike Davis now, along with uh, Carson when he comes back, along with Penny, is even more of a committee than a timeshare. We'll still try to help out our guy Bavoni, even though his team plays us in a couple of weeks, Blewett. Mike Blewett just joined the fun. Roto Experts in the morning. Come on back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, holding you down on a Tuesday as we look back at week four. And we start to look ahead at week five, okay? Talked about Monday Night Football, some of the things that I was interested in as... uh, you know, as we as we looked at Monday Night Football, listen, Patty Mahomes was absolutely ridiculous. Kareem Hunt back on the good foot. But I am intrigued by Cortland Sutton um, on the Denver side. And remember, Jeff Hireman as well. I told you, uh, you've lost a lot of tight ends. You could add Gronk maybe even to the list. Um, so if you're really hurting that bad, I really believe Hireman. He got seven targets last night. I believe that yeah. could be sustainable as a security blanket. Yeah, I mean, the... the- like we were talking during the break, 
I was on the Jake Butt thing early in the right. season, and, and I understood that it was a little bit of a deeper call, but I thought he was a draft and stash or really a waiver wire pickup and stash once you saw him establishing at least the fact that he was involved in the offense. I think it's more of a Keenum thing than anything. I don't think the offense is necessarily engineered to go through the tight end. Obviously, they have way more talent right. at the other positions, but it is showing that they are – Keenum, in particular, is looking for those guys as safety valves. It was Jake Butt. Now it's Jeff Hoyerman. I think the four for 57 is something you'll probably see with regularity. So he, mm-hmm. he may not be a top-end guy week to week, but as we say all the time, four for 57, three or four weeks, he gets a touchdown, then he becomes ownable. He's probably your backup tight end right now, but it is somebody to consider on waiver wires depending on the depth of your leagues. Uh, Jeff yeah. Horman is somebody to at least keep in mind, you know, because we've had tons of guys like O.J. Howard now goes down, as you just said. The Will yeah. Disleys of the world have disappeared. Eifert. And Gronk. Eifert is done. Yeah. Yeah. Gronk. You know, I that's, mean, that's it continues. Jack it Doyle, continues. Evan Ingram. Greg yeah, O.J. Howard. I mean, it's out. been... Yeah, it's been a it's been a mass unit at tight ends, okay? So and you could have been someone who literally just got Tyler Eifert off waivers or something like that. Just got Will Disley and now they are gone as well. So we gotta give well, you me, all let the let options. Let me just real there. quick let me do this real quick, Dan. Here are the tight ends that are out for the year or out extended Already? Time since we sure. started in July. Hunter Henry, Jake yep. Butt, Delaney yep. Walker, Hayden yep. Hurst hasn't played yet. Yep. Uh Greg Olson is out for a while. Evan Ingram mm-hmm. out for a while. Jack Doyle yep. has been out for weeks. Uh, Will Disley is now out. O.J. Howard yep. is out. Yep. And Tyler Eifert is obviously out for the year and maybe for the rest yep. of his life. But yep. uh, And so Gronk, there because go. of Thursday night football, may miss in 48 hours, and that would bring it to 11, blew it. A yep. third of the starting tight ends in the NFL. A third of the starting tight ends in the NFL. Um, That's a lot of tight end ones, too, missed, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. They're half absolutely. of them are gone. Yeah, so, you know, you could do worse than a guy like, uh, you know, than Your than Jeff McDonald Hyman. calls looking better than ever. Absolutely. Let's go there, then. Let's go to tight end, okay? I was telling people about Vance McDonald. It is clear that he is the tight end. You can, I think you can go ahead and drop Jesse James at this yeah. point. It looks like Vance is the guy as long as he is healthy. Here's the guy I'm going to ask you about, though. Remember, I say, I say this game is about skill and opportunity, right? And so we hear the phrase, next man up, blew it. You know, the opportunity is now there for one <coughs> Tyler Croft, <coughs> blew it. Tyler Croft, yeah. there is opportunity now there for. I have seen Tyler Croft before because we've seen Tyler Eifert out before. And here's the thing. My new vision, though, on the Bengals with this offensive line, and remember, blew it, I had the Andy uh, Dalton to Tyler Eifert stack line last week so that I was feeling real good about that until Tyler Eifert in a gruesome manner broke his ankle but the Dalton Eifert stack still worked out for me remember blew it I also said I liked that Cincy Atlanta game to be a kind of last team with the ball would win this game and that uh, I liked Cincy plus the five and a half and then went down down to four and a half so I was right on that call but more importantly what we've been saying is that the improvement in the Cincinnati offensive line has really raised all boats for them. And I think that can apply to Tyler Croft in a plug-and-play way as well. You mentioned it yourself, Blewett. All you got to do is get in the end zone, and you're a streaming tight end one. There is no reason because of the improvement in that offense overall. There's no reason that Croft can't be someone who gets into the end zone time to time and be a streaming option as well. 
Yeah, so last year he I mean with Eifert was gone. Was out, yeah. He had four he had forty two catches on sixty two targets, only four hundred four yards, but he had seven touchdowns. You know, the CJ Uzuma thing will bother me, uh, I'm sure, from time to time. A couple of years look, I drafted Tyler Croft in my dynasty league. It's an extremely deep league. So you have to understand that. Like in sure. the sixth round of your rookie draft, I'm like, hey, let me take a shot because Eifert's hurt all the time. This is four years ago. Eifert's hurt all the time. Let me take a shot at Tyler Croft. And then, honestly, he didn't really catch any passes for, for like, right. two years. I mean, he caught 28 passes, 27 – no, 21 passes in the first two years of his career. So he became droppable. And then last year, he arrives on the scene. And I do think, based on that – you would have to lean towards him versus C.J. Uzuma. Right now, it's eight targets to five on the season, so they've both, and Uzuma caught one touchdown. But uh, I think it's an interesting one. Uh, you know, Dalton missed time last year, too. So I just wonder who his favorite will be of the two of them because a couple of years ago it was Uzuma, and now uh, you would think it would be Croft over Uzuma. But uh, I think it's somebody to consider. We just talked yeah. about 11 tight ends being gone, so you're going to have to take some stabs, and I, I kind of like to call it Croft. I would roster him over Uzuma. I just yeah, you have so. to consider that Uzuma might be considered down near the goal line because th- that was really his bag a couple of years ago. They were just looking at him in the red zone. Yeah. Definitely. I I would take a chance on Croft over Uzma as well. But hopefully you listened to me one or two weeks ago and said that. And so you have Vance McDonald on your roster because he's looking more and more like the guy. Also, listen, I've been poo-pooing him a couple of weeks going in. I've been saying I don't think it's a thing. But at this point, you have to acknowledge that Jared Cook out there in Oakland is a thing for this offense. And on balance, relatively speaking, you know, you could do a lot worse than Jared Cook as well. We were talking running backs physically ill. It makes me physically ill have to roster Jared Cook. But I've at this point, hammering the guy for the last three years, right. but I used him in daily the other day, and I think it's an option. I don't know, it, you know, in your 10 team leagues where maybe there's been some tight ends available, David Njoku could still be out there. I doubt it at this point, right. but it's somebody to consider. Antonio Gates still out there. I, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be a regular thing. I would want to do it, but like, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. We're trying I would take really a chance deep. on even a kid like Ian Thomas before that, you know, coming after a bye week, still no Olsen. After the bye, maybe they found ways to start to integrate him a little bit more, but it's really the bottom of the barrel at that point. Dallas Goddard? Nah, he's not even the leading tight end on his team. <laughs> you know, you have to rely on two tight end sets. I don't know if – maybe – here's the thing. If Alshon Jeffrey wasn't back, maybe blew it. But now with Alshon Jeffrey there too, I think that's a little bit much. One thing I'd go got to tell the people though, Mike, is that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single entry contests, okay? It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promotions like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Brocket Contest, okay? So sign up today. Go on over to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Blew it. We were talking about running backs. One last running back I wanted to ask. I'm not necessarily necessarily on him, but I know a lot of people will be. He only had three carries, but he parlayed them into 105 yards and some touchdowns last week. I'm talking about Nick Chubb there in Cleveland, okay? We know Carlos Hyde is there. We know the offense is going to be a little bit different under Baker. What do you think in terms of not only like next week for Chubb, but play it a little bit more medium slash long term? Is Chubb someone you definitely want to have on your bench for when either the Hyde injury happens or the uh, Chubb ascension happens, similar to what we've seen in New England or Detroit? 
I mean, I think games like that can cause people to overreact, but in right. this instance, I don't think you could deny how uh, explosive he is and how they are probably realizing that after three carries, they need to get him more involved. Which a bummer for me because I have Carlos Hyde, but we talked about this at length during the preseason. This could end up being a running back by committee. Uh, in a variety of different ways. It could be them sharing the ball from week to week, or it could be, you know what, Chubb has overtaken Hyde. Hyde had a good game the other day, so that's not going to happen. He's not going to get benched now. But uh, the reality is I think Chubb is going to have to be a part of this offense. I mean, they put up 42 points. They still lost. I don't know how they pulled right. that off. But uh, I think it's Well, the refs they, have thumb out on a few times. The I crazy agree. Thump- yeah. I agree. But – you know the the spot in particular was egregious. Yep. I, I don't know. I don't know how you overturn that. I've never seen that get overturned before. But the reality right. for me is that Hyde uh, and Chubb are now both ownable. Hyde already valuable. Chubb, you wouldn't have played him the other day, most likely. But I mm-hmm. think it gives you some confidence that he'll get used in the offense. Is it going to happen this week again? I don't know. But. Uh, with bye weeks coming up and the like, I, I think it's something you have to consider. But, yeah, I think he's definitely ownable right now, Dane. Yeah, I, I, I would say so as well. You definitely want to get him on your roster. Maybe not Bears as a startable guy on bye every this week. week. So you're losing Jordan yep. Howard. You're losing uh, Tariq Cohen this week. As far I as guess Peyton Barber. If you were, if, if you were playing if Peyton you were Barber, then you got real problems. Then you got issues anyway. Hey, Blewett, I didn't have a chance to talk to you yesterday, right? And so I'm intrigued by okay. a couple of things that also happened that are not in the box score. You don't on want to talk Oakland. about how bad Bavona's team is still? Nah, we gave him a little bit of advice. Here's the <laughs> thing, though. Here's the thing, though, Blewett. We play him in two weeks, okay? So I don't want to help him too much. I hope he's still starting Leonard Fournette. Have fun with Chris injury, Hogan you know? and Sammy Watkins, Bavona. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully that's still the case uh, when they play us in a couple of weeks. But here's what I, I want to do. Beat, I don't want to beat him up too much, but let me just talk about this team. There are so oh, many boy. misses. There's so many misses on this team, and it's not. I'm not even blaming them. But they just yeah, Chris got, Hogan, a, a Alex Collins. Race. They got a good QB, you know, but the yeah. Fournette, Hogan, Watkins, the Fournette, the Hogan, Graham, the Alex Collins, Collins uh, down the yeah. line. It's they're all misses. You should be playing George I, Kittle in the flex. I hear that, but here's the thing, though, Blewett. We're 4-0, right? And we're, we're doing well. We, 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 we backed into the James Conner starting at RB1. I don't want to gloat too much, okay? Because I don't want this to come back around on us. I want us to be humble and solid leaders the entire season so we don't have all the slings and arrows coming our way so we can go ahead and it. win that cash. Let me ask you this. I did want to ask you this about this Browns-Raiders game uh, on Sunday. Honestly, Blewett, there were a couple calls that I thought were really weird. One, Beast Mode, who has the name Beast Mode, right? There's a play. He's running down the left side, like, off tackle, and they're kind of gang tackling him, and the ref just blows the whistle. The ref just blows the whistle, and then he, like, you know, as Marshawn Lynch usually does, spins around, you know, breaks free, but the whistle is called the blade dead already, right? There was another play. I think it was Miles Garrett getting in on David Carr. And he actually, with the hit, like forces a fumble, to be quite honest, that the Browns guy like scoops and is on his way to score. And they're like, they blow it dead. Nah, nah, nah. He's in the grasp. He wasn't in the grasp. It was a hit that lodged the ball loose. Like, are they going a little too far? There was a play last night as well with the hit. And they were going to throw a flag. There was a guy in the background, a fan, you could hear, picked up in the auto, being like, he's a running back. You know, I mean, like, are they just going too far with this nonsense? They're like, quick I think, whistles. 
Yes, the quick whistle. That's it. That's at the heart of it. And I think where you see the better officiating crews, the more veteran officiating crews, they have learned due to the uh, advent of instant replay and the manner in which we break these plays down to let the play go. You can always, at the culmination of the play, decide what happened by reviewing it, especially in the Mm -hmm. case of a turnover. Of the turnover or or a touchdown. Yeah. I understand they're trying to protect Derek Carr, and yeah, he got wrapped up in a a gang tackle of guys, but the ball was loose well before that. So the fact, the quick whistle is the problem. I think it is one of the... It's one. I think it's the one thing I've told you. I get. I take it easy for the most part on the officials because I think mm-hmm. they are in a untenable yeah, a situation. Yeah. Uh, I think it's overregulated, and I think they are their jobs are scrutinized way too heavily for the amount of rules that are in place. But uh, the reality for me is that it you have to let the play play out, and I think you see the veteran crews do that, and people that are blowing the whistles too soon are the ones that we run into all these problems. Because the Browns, in those two, you know, the, the Browns-Raiders game, in those two instances, both plays were active, and honestly, the Browns probably would have won that game if not for poor officiating. And I, I don't yeah, like and to blame it on the officials, but in that instance, it looks like uh, the Browns would have won that game. Yeah, it could have cost the Cleveland Browns, definitely. Then you had that crazy spot as well when Carlos Hyde basically got the first down to salt Doesn't the game away. Real the quick, though. Were te- the Raiders players told you by their mm-hmm. reaction that they, they had lost the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, real quick, we only got a couple of minutes, blew it until we move on over to FST. You take the big host chair, and we're together for another hour to go through everything. Monday Night Football, these waivers, we'll kind of have some of this more conversation. But for the people on Roto Experts in the morning, I want to give you some waiver guys at the wide receiver position. First of all, no, I do not believe in Tyler Gabriel, okay? Anthony Miller was out. Mr. Trubisky had a one-week thing. I think that was more about the Tampa Bay Bucks being bad than the uh, – Bears offense being good. If you can get a guy like Smoke Brown still on your waivers, go get him. If you can get Tyler Boyd still on your waivers, go get him. Don't forget Alshon and Edelman are back. They are. I saw in some leagues, they are like 80% owned. So give a check to Alshon and Julian Edelman. Corey Davis, the window has closed. He's in 80% of leagues as well. The one guy I will say blew it, um, and I think it's obvious he's the most added wide receiver, is Kiki QT for the Houston Texans. The reason I'm going to say this is uh, there's a couple reasons. One, they like this kid in training camp in the offseason. They like this kid to draft him. They liked him enough to cut Braxton Miller in that project. He is the slot receiver. He is the number three receiver. He was battling some injuries. The other side of this is that Will Fuller is now battling injuries, that hamstring. Will Fuller has a series of hamstring injuries, a hamstring history, as it were. And for a speed demon like Fuller, that could be a problem. The third piece of why I like Kiki is that this offense, okay, because of this bad offensive line, Deshaun Watson is now running for his life, but he is able to turn it into good fantasy goodness. This is going to be one where the fantasy line is a lot better than what the Houston Texans are doing, and I think Kiki could be a part of that. Out of all the wide receivers out there, I'm okay with spending a waiver claim on Kiki QT out of Houston. What do you think, Blue? Yeah, I mean, our friend uh, Emery Hunt, I was texting with him last yeah. night because he was probably the one guy in the one of the guys in the industry. There's very few on him. that were on Kiki QT for a while. But it is in his one game, he saw 80 snaps and 15 targets. He had obviously right. been injured before that. So uh, I think it really, what it is more than anything else, and um, – 
what I was talking about with Emery last night in particular is that since they can't run the ball, they don't have a traditional running game. He becomes an extension of the running game. Right. Throw the him screens, a lot of the short quick passes. ones. But I, I, did you say that you're out on Tyler Gabriel? Yeah. I am, because Miller was out. And you believe in this Bears offense? You believe in the number four pass catcher in this Bears offense? I do think that Trubisky has shown he's not going to have games like he had the other day. But I think he has shown his preference for targeting Taylor Gabriel as a safety valve, at least. He's not going to have these monster games. But in the last three weeks, seven targets, ten targets, seven targets. I do think that he's going to become... He's going to have value. It doesn't. I don't know who right. you're cutting him for, but if you're picking up Kiki Kuti, throw a bid right. in on Tyler Gabriel as well. If you get one of those guys, you're in good All right. Play. We got to talk more about it on FST next hour, so keep it locked to the Fantasy Sports Network.